Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes and the show notes all in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Today, we're talking about one man's solution to business failure. I do hate to talk about failure, but the odds are not in our favor. According to Bloomberg, 8 out of 10 entrepreneurs who start businesses fail within the first 18 months. Ace Chapman is convinced buying an existing business is the way to create the life and earn the income you want. We cover a lot of ground in this interview, so if you're even thinking this could be an option, you'll get ideas on where to find businesses to buy, the best ways to find funding for your purchase, and the one thing Ace includes in his deals that could lead to your eventual business success. Here's our interview. Ace Chapman, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. It is great to be on with you, Cheryl. I'm excited to talk about buying and selling businesses today. Uh, And I want to hear about it. And the first thing I want to talk about, though, is your title. Because typically, I talk to entrepreneurs, and they're proud to say that they are such. I know that your entrepreneurs, that entrepreneurs are your clients, and you're happy to know them. And you were one at one point, but now you call yourself something else. So talk about that and how you got your start in business. Yeah. So today, you know, I call myself an investor or deal maker. And for most of my career, which has been the last 16, 17 years, that's what I've been. And I'm quick to correct people when they say entrepreneur, because while I really admire uh, entrepreneurs and love entrepreneurship, I have not been successful at starting a business from scratch and building it. Uh, That was something that's something that I have never done. So um, you know, I admire those people that make it through what I call the entrepreneurial gauntlet of going from zero and, and dealing with all of the, the obstacles to build a successful business. But I, I found that for me and, and for our clients, what we really want at the end of the day is income. And so we figure out how to go out and buy it. And this has been a world that I, ne- I knew nothing about, had no plans of entering, but when I was 19, I had an opportunity come up to buy a successful business that was already making money. And, you know, here I was this broke college kid and that was the, the big transition. You know, I, I was, didn't have, I had a few thousand dollars I'd saved up from working the summer before and ended up buying that business and realized, oh, wow, you can actually take a little bit of money go out here and buy something. There's no competition. Nobody's talking about buying businesses. So while the 99.9% of the information out there is all about starting from scratch, there are these neat opportunities to leverage your way into a successful business that um, is already making money. Okay. You've said so many things that I want to dig into. So a little bit of money where you buy into a business that's already making money, that's already established. How did you come upon that opportunity? How did you get the money? And how did you, once you got the money, what did you do with it then in the business? Yeah, yeah. So let's start at the very beginning, because this is a great example for a lot of 
um, entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, one of the questions that I get is how do you find businesses? And, you know, we have a process that we take people through that we call kind of the deal origination process where we want to generate as much deal flow as possible. And we've got a lot of different ways we do that, like 36 specifically. Uh, but, you know, one of the ways is just look at the businesses that you're a customer of. And at that point, I was a user of this website that was a stock market simulator. And I noticed that as time went on, more and more often the site was crashing. Mm. Uh, more and more often the owners weren't really responsive. And I was thinking like, man, they just must be really busy. So I reached out to them to become an intern and maybe help them out because I loved, I was just passionate about what they were doing. And, and you know, I expressed that in an email, told me how much I, I love what love the site, love the concept, all this stuff. And uh, didn't hear back for a while. And then they finally got back to me and said, hey, we're focused on another project. We really don't want this business anymore. <laughs> it's making $60,000 a year right now. Um, we want to sell it to somebody. Are you interested? And at that point, I was really just curious what they wanted for it. And so, you know, I had no intentions. I knew I was broke. So, <laughs> you know, I had no intentions of buying this business. And so they wrote back and sure enough, it was 70000 which actually is an amazing deal for a business that's cash flowing sixty. Uh. but it might as well have been a million dollars because right. I didn't have $70,000. <laughs> and so uh, the very first thing I did was go back to them and say, hey, you know, what if you guys financed half of this for me uh, since you're not paying attention to it? I'm going to come in, you know, I'll pay a lot more attention huh. to the customers and help, you know, take over the work. And that was really where they were. They were really trying to uh, just get out of the work. They didn't want to mess with it. They had, had something bigger and better that they were focused on. And, and a lot of people ask me all the time, why in the world would somebody uh, sell a great business? And there are endless reasons. Mm -hmm. But, you know, why do people change jobs? You know, it's the exact same thing. It's just, hey, they want, it's sometimes just as simple as they want something different. Other times it's health and divorce and these other situations but these guys, it was that they had something bigger. They had, you know, we're working on a $2 million deal right now where those owners are, those guys are amazing. Mm. They built another business. It's a, a going to, you know, be huge. And they really just want to get rid of the business that we're looking at. And so you have people that get rid of businesses. And that was the situation. So, um, you know, even though they give me an amazing deal, I mean, the business at a minimum should have been a hundred sixty thousand, hundred eighty thousand dollars business. I was naive enough to go back and ask them, hey, can you guys also, in addition to giving me this great price, finance half of it? Right. And they were motivated enough to say yes. And oh, that's wow that we've carried on in, you know, what we do now. It's funny for me because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little less naive, a little more jaded. I've done a, done a bunch of deals. You yeah. know, I've personally done 48 deals in the, in the network, done 150. And um, it, I get clients all the time that come to me. It's like, hey, I think I'm going to make this offer. And they tell me the structure and, and all that. And, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, there's no way this seller is going to go for that. That's just outrageous. You're asking for too much. And so, you know, I kind of like, oh, yeah, go ahead. But, 
you know, let's keep in mind, you know, when I have a backup offer and when they counter and, and that kind of thing. And then the the uh, client comes back. It's like they accept it. And so, you know, <laughs> even today, I have to be reminded that, you know, you want to go as aggressive as possible. So rewinding back to that deal, they financed half of it, had a buddy who did have a little bit of cash. He was willing to uh, invest 15000 because he saw the potential. And uh, then unbeknownst to my parents, I went out and um, ended up taking out credit card debt for the rest. So uh, my biggest fear when I was running this business in those first few months was that the credit card companies would somehow send a statement to my home address instead of my uh, school address. <laughs> so, like I was always checking in on that, like, hey, don't forget, make sure you mail it to this address. <laughs> <laughs> so fortunately, that deal worked out and, and went well, and I was able to pay off that, that debt. But it's also a testament to just, you know, buying something that's already making money. You know, I would just would never recommend somebody take credit cards and uh, try to start something because 80, you got an 8% chance that it's going to fail. Like no matter how amazing you are, there are venture capitalists that have all the resources, the smartest people, the most amazing networks, and they still have 80% of their deals that they put money in that are just going to go away and, and they understand that. And so... That's the attitude that, that we take when we're looking at deals. Uh, we want things that are really established. So a couple of questions related to this point is when you talk to an entrepreneur, they are full of ideas, like a million and a half. They want to grow this. They want to grow that. They've got ideas coming out of every body part everywhere, and they've got uh, plans to change the world. And I think... What they may be struggling with when they buy a business is that they feel like they won't have their own mark on it. So what would you say to them, someone who would look at somebody else's business as somebody else's business and not their own? Yeah, and I really do. So first of all, one of the things that I have to say is that there are some people that should be entrepreneurs. And there are some ideas that it's just like, hey, this is absolutely what my life's work is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, one of the things that that we really focus on working with is people that that's not what they're passionate about. What uh. they're passionate about is spending time with their family, you know, doing things that they want to do, travel, see the world, having financial freedom, knowing that they're going to be taken care of uh, in the future, being able to sell that business so that they're not just working a job. And uh, they're building equity in a business and an asset so that, you know, they're getting that salary, mm -hmm. but they also have something to, to sell at the end of their work. Uh, so you've got those two kinds of people. And, you know, my the, the way that my mentor would put it to me, because he was a little bit more rough around the edges than, <laughs> than I am. He's somebody who uh, flipped hospitals. And, you know, I, I remember I had a bit after my fourth business, you know, I, I still didn't see myself when I was younger as a business buyer or as a private equity guy. I saw myself as an entrepreneur and I was just buying these businesses, letting them pay for themselves to be able to get and sell them so I can get the money to go out and do something that I was going to start from scratch. So it was really just mm. a means to an end. And, you know, I remember sitting down really vividly. With him and I just sold my fourth business. You know, had a uh, some some cash, and um, you know, I'm like, man. So I got this great idea. 
I've been working on it, I've been putting together a business plan. And I'm telling Mike, my mentor, I'm like, here's the business plan, take a look at it. And I'm telling him, I'm giving him my pitch. And I can tell he's just not impressed. And, you know, I'm like, go even harder and more passion. Yeah, yeah. So big. And I'm like, man, like, it just no response. And so finally, I just end and he's like, so uh, tell me about your computer. And just in that moment, like, it just crashed my world. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're asking? I just gave you this passionate pitch and you're asking me about my computer? And oh my I'm God. like, what about it? He's like, you know, where, where'd you buy it from? I was like, it's a, it's a Dell. And... You know, I, I'm trying to figure out why he's so curious. Like, are you looking for a computer? He's like, well, why did you decide to uh, buy it instead of just going out and building it? And I was like, I don't know how to build a computer. And, you know, it's like, well, wow. all the information is online. You can go and learn it. You can take a course <laughs> on it. Even. You can figure out all you can build. You can learn how to build the best computer ever and just take that time. <laughs> And become an expert at it. I feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, I don't have the parts. It's like, you can buy those as well and put all that <laughs> stuff together. And and really, it was just the bottom line of, you know, when you want a house, yeah, there's 1% of people that are going to build it from scratch. But 99% of us don't want to want a custom house, you know? 99% of us just want a house. You know, we want somewhere to live. We don't want to wait all that time. We don't want to do the, all the headaches and permits and go through all that. Just go buy it. When we want a car, we don't learn how to build a car. There are 1% of people that will do it. Mm -hmm. And that's great for them. But 99% of us, it's not what our life work is not worth that time. And it's the same with businesses. And, and you know, basically, he would always reiterate that your goal um, is, if, if that's really your goal, if your goal is really income, then, you know, doing something like investing in a startup is something for the wealthy, the super wealthy that can loot, take a bunch, a bunch of chances. Uh, and so it makes sense for them to take a bunch of chances and know that one out of a thousand of those is going to turn into Facebook and the other 999 aren't going to be anything and for but for us, when you're investing your time and you're investing the really tight resources, that is not a good bet. It's not a good investment. And and so really the difference to me seems like a business owner versus an entrepreneur. And you're putting your money on the business owner and yeah. past business owners. So let's go back to you, 19 years old. You somehow got that deal <laughs> from that first set of entrepreneurs, and you are now the owner of a company. How did you take it? Because you eventually sold it, right? So eventually, it you left money, and hopefully you were in the black. But what did you were 19? You were in college, did, and you didn't have like business school experience. So how did you maintain it so it didn't go under, and it could so it could still make money? that first year and second year and third year. So this was a great lesson. Um, the very first thing is when you're buying a business that exists, you, you have a business owner that built it from scratch and they are able to train you on how to run that business. They know the business in and out. Now they're especially motivated to train you when again, you know, and I looking back now, I know this, but they're especially motivated to train you when you've negotiated some seller financing. 
So in every deal that we do, we've got some seller financing and they know, well, you know, if this kid doesn't make money, he's not going to be able to pay us. So we need to make sure that he's going to be successful in that business. Right. So the it's really powerful. I mean, yeah, I would have needed some serious business school. I could have I would have needed a lot of training if I were going to build that thing from scratch to figure out every single little step to go from zero to profitability. But when I'm buying something that is already there, it's more like a job. And so I'm tra- mm-hmm. I'm getting trained on how to do it. It's already proven. It's they're doing it every day. And as long as they show me what to do, I just go in there and duplicate those same things. And what that business needed was just a lot of time or or a lot more focus. They were spending zero time on it. So I was able to grow that business when we bought it. It was at about 10,000 members. We grew it to a quarter million members. Um, But the, uh, the, the tough thing with that business, which really led to my career uh, was the fact that I had offers that were, you know, in the seven figures. And then uh, 2001, with the internet bust came. Yeah. So I ended up selling that for a tenth of some of the offers that we had on the table. And most uh-huh. of that money went to pay off other stuff and the deals. So, you know, I, to be 21 at that point and just see... Like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm about to get, you know, a seven-figure payday and have that disappear. Like overnight, right? Like overnight. Oh, my goodness. Overnight. And uh, have that disappear was really, really uh, tough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of lit my wounds for a bit and and actually did the corporate America thing for a year. And after that, knew like I there I know there's a better way than corporate America. Let me see if I can do another one of these deals and find another business. And, and that was when I went out and bought a mortgage company. Let's talk about finding then. People yeah. might be listening and saying, okay, I'll listen. I'll listen to this Ace Chapman and I'll think about buying somebody else's business. Um, where do I find them? How do I know that the business is the right fit, financial-wise, um, fit-wise, uh, even compatibility? I mean, because if there's that overlap in training, there's got to be some sort of vision, compatibility, maybe. Um, but how do you find the right fit in a company that is a potential to be something that you purchase? So one of the things to understand is there are 31 million businesses that are in America, that are mm-hmm. under the kind of $15 million mark, kind of smaller deals. Okay. Um, of those, at any given point, about 4.2 are for sale. The business owners want to sell them. So it's 4 wow. million businesses for sale. That's a lot of businesses. <laughs> a lot of businesses. And the, the real key there is that nobody, again, kind of going back to what we discussed, nobody's talking about this. So like so there's no, no MLS, there's no like no MLS like for the real estate market. There's no like there's market. There's not an MLS. There is a site like one site is bizbysell.com, but there are a lot of different sites that you can go to and find different different types of deals that are on the market. But the the great thing for for the business buyers is there isn't a lot of competition. So while 99.9% of the information about becoming a business owner is all about starting from scratch. Yeah. And even while you have plenty of people that are out there talking about investing in real estate and there's like so much competition, 
in this space, there's not a lot of competition. And what I've found is like one of the easiest ways to start getting deals is just telling people that you're looking to buy a business because nobody has ever heard of anybody else. And there are business owners that are terrified. Most business owners don't want to list their business for sale and have some random person who isn't a professional that, you know, is this wannabe entrepreneur and uh, they're not going to really do anything and just waste that owner's time. They are thinking, man, I'd love to sell my business. And so as soon as they hear that, that's a powerful thing. The other thing, though, is looking like at my deal that I did, that very first one, uh, and I've had others where this has been the case. I did a fitness gym that was the, the same way, where I was a, uh, a customer of the business. I was a user of that software. And you start to see things change or deteriorate or, you know, you hear the, the owner of the business might be sick. All of those things that happen just in all of our lives, you know, they just get tired and want to move on. Those are times and signals to reach out the, the same way I did. Now, now I focus on reaching out and just saying, hey, you know, we love to buy the business. I, I, I can't pull off the intern thing anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I reach out to those folks and just, you know, present myself as a potential buyer. And even if they're not interested right then, they've got to they've got to do something with the business eventually. You know, either it's going to pass on and most of the time the kids don't want the business uh, or it's going to go out of business or it's going to sell. Those are the only two ways that it ends and are the only three ways it ends. And so as we're doing these deals, we're, we're still even networking with the people that we buy from. Like, do you know anybody else? And, and that kind of thing. So we take people through a process of deal origination and with, with the people in our network. Um, and it's like 36 different methods. But those are just some of the simple ways that we get some really amazing deals. I think you're so smart in looking at your own network, really, in the places that you go shopping or the websites that you run into. Just like when you were 19, you reached out <laughs> and there they were needing your help. And it, it's kind of being observant in your own community. Um, okay, so we have established that businesses are everywhere. And maybe the business next door is up for sale. How do I know if it is a good fit for me? How do I know that it's not in too much trouble, that it's worth the money that they're asking for even, or the money they think they would ask for? So there are two parts to that. Number one is, mm -hmm. is it right for me? Right. And is it a good business? So on the is it right for me aspect, you know, we, we, we love taking people through a personality test and a skill set test. Mm -hmm. But even, you know, the average person can kind of look at themselves and realize what am I strong at? And so we do a real deep dive to connect the person with the right business. Mm -hmm. But just to kind of on a surface level, you know, we, we try to connect people with businesses that they're going to be able to go in and have a big impact. So, you know, on like a very just basic level, we did a deal where, you know, we were buying a business from a programmers and they had built an amazing software for a specific industry. And in that industry, it got the word spread because they were amazing. Every day, all they did was program. They never spent money on marketing. They never did any of that. So I had a client that we got in front of that deal and after the call, she calls me like, why did you get me on that call? That was a waste of time. <laughs> like the whole time, all they talked about was programming. And she was somebody that had uh, experience in operations and, and marketing. So 
Uh, but you know, I told her, listen, this is, that's exactly the problem with this. Like they are after this thing. Like, you know, there may be 2% left to improve in the, in the program. I mean, that's what they, they, you know, like they say, they're great at that. Yeah. Yeah. The person that has the hammer, everything looks like a nail. So every problem is a programming problem to them. Um, but long story short, she was able to take over that business and take it from a quarter million dollar business to a $1.3 million business. And those are the things that, um, at the end of the day, it, you know, if you're looking at a deal, even if you're buying it at two times earnings, three times, but you're going to quadruple the size, uh, a, a lot of the, the headaches about price and all that go away. Now, the due diligence aspect, this is something that is crucial. There's no way to kind of fluff over it, you know, as far as like connecting with the right deal, that kind of thing. It is, you, you really do want somebody experienced, uh, and that's what we help people with. So there's no quick and easy path to make sure that the business that is doing what it's supposed to do. And that's probably the toughest thing about this space and why I don't just recklessly go out and say, oh, everybody should buy a business. Because, you know, we do have people that come to us after they've already done a deal, trying to salvage the deal. And, you know, I'm like, okay, what was your your due diligence process? They're like, well, you know, I kind of just went with my gut. And it's like... (laughs) You know, we don't trust our gut to go into the grocery store and make the right decisions without a specific list. But we're going to trust it with these entrepreneurial and business owner decisions. And it's just not the smart way to do business. So we really treat uh, everything we do like we're a private equity fund. You know, we encourage our clients to think like a, a private equity fund. And we help some of them actually create private equity funds. And it's just a, a calculated, very specific uh, process. That's some great tips to share for people who are really looking uh, next at the process and trying to decide if this is something that uh, they would be interested in. You're not saying to an entrepreneur or someone who's a business owner, you're not saying you're holding on to this business for 30 years, are you? You're suggesting that they go in, make it better, and then continue their cycle. So you sell, buy, sell. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So we do, again, and this is based on personality. So when we take people through the personality test, what we're looking for is is that, you know, connecting with the right business, but what's the right strategy? So we get three kinds of folks. They're going to fall into one of three categories. Either they're going to be the person that is a business owner. And for those folks, they should run a business and they're going to love running and building and growing a business over the 5, 10, 15, or even 30 years, you know, and they may hold on to it forever, mm. uh, pass it down and, and that whole thing. And, and that's kind of group one. And, and we definitely have worked with those folks and, and uh, help them to get into the right deal. Now, for those folks, it's crucial that they're in the right business because they are more long term focused. Then we have the the second category, and that's portfolio builders. And those are the people that are really more interested in having a portfolio of businesses that are generating passive income for them, you know, on a monthly basis. They're not having to take a bunch of time in those businesses. They're pretty, you know, passive. And then the third category is the deal maker. And that's a little bit of what you described. Where get into deal, they're looking to grow it. They're gonna flip it. You know, may hold on to the business for six months, max a year, and then they're on to the the next deal. And so, 
the category that you're going to go in is more based off of your personality and interest and, and all of that than it is uh, anything else. Man, I could talk with you for a long, long time, but <laughs> I will have to leave soon. And so I will ask you, how can people get more information from you, learn more about your strategies that will help them? So one of the, we, we've got a lot of case studies and people tend to like those of, of clients that we've worked with. That's on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and search Ace Chapman, uh, you'll pull up my channel. And so we've got a lot of those there. The other thing is, um, you know, just you can feel free to shoot an email to me. I'm ace at acechapman.com and check out our website. There's a blog there. It's acechapman.com. Great. I will link all that information to CherylTanMedia.com. Before we go, Ace, one last question for you is, what makes you a standout? Well, right now, it, it is spreading this message. It's mm. the, the message to get people even thinking about buying a business instead of starting from scratch. And I love seeing movements like the link-up movement, which, you know, it's kind of like, hey, this whole startup thing is very tough, so we got to just squish it down, you know, and, and make it as small and as lean as possible. And so we're just taking it a step further and just saying, hey, let's just get rid of it completely. <laughs> so that that's it right now. Well, I appreciate your time and your energy and your message. It's very interesting. And I know people will want to reach out to you to get more information. Ace Chapman, thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. Great, great being on. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Standout. The links Ace mentioned can be found at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 12. It has been an honor to connect with so many forward-thinking entrepreneurs. Really, the best way to get their stories in front of more people is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. If you'd like to be reminded when new standout episodes come out, you can sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.